This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Yeah, let's go to the second consideration with the, with the data and measurement. I think uh, the, the second um, I mentioned was the, um, yeah, so you, you want to enable uh, innovation and, and uh, mm. knowledge discovery. Uh, so if in the first I talked about being easy and nice to the participant, now it's being easy and nice to the researcher because we are the ones, of course, performing the research. And here is also, um, you get some pros and cons for the more commercial devices and more research-oriented devices. I think one of the, the biggest points, I think it was always one of the, the key points when choosing the device is how much can I integrate with, I don't know, the platform that I'm developing. And I'm talking about this European Projects Consortium. You, you always, you are never measuring only physical activity or... Okay, I can say never, but physical activity is just a part of the project and you want to integrate with other data sources or... Um, so how easy is it to integrate? I think the basic of the basics and that, as far as I know, most devices, most solutions provide that to have an API where you can get the data from. And that in principle is okay. But what I saw and going back to the topic of not installing another app on the phone, in a lot of projects, what the researchers want and ask for, do I have a SDK? Can I get the data directly from the sensor without a need for an application? So this is one of the points that can lead to a choice for one on or the other device. So how easy it is to integrate with external parties, let's say. Uh, the other question, of course, is access to raw data. Because, yeah, as we know, if uh, especially, uh, or not mostly uh, algorithms is all proprietary. So you don't know, it's a black box. What, mm. especially people who are not really in the field, something as easy as sometimes to explain, what's a step, you know? I, uh, how is this, uh, people ask me, ah, but I was not walking and I made some steps or the other way around. So for example, I, uh, I lived uh, and I worked mostly in the Netherlands where people bike a lot, mm. but then most sensors didn't detect biking. So, uh, and I, my experience mostly with older adults and then say, yeah, but I was active being, being on bike is most of my activity. I go to my shopping, uh, my grocery shopping, I go to my visits and there is no, um, I don't see it, but for us, if we don't know also the algorithms, it's also difficult to explain how, why do they don't see. So uh, not just the raw data, but the explainability of how um, the parameters are uh, or the outcomes are, uh, are calculated. And other question that always comes or, uh, is uh, which metrics do I get? What, uh, and that comes, okay, raw data, but can also be, I don't know, activity, intensity, sleep, do I want to measure sleep as well or not? That's always one of the, the key questions. So I'm just uh, stating a couple of questions that are that always come up uh, when uh, when choosing uh, the devices. 
Um, then also um, another one, and we have all been there, is how much effort is for study preparation. Uh, because for example, let's go again. If I need to install an app, I need to create an account, most of the cases. But I cannot use the personal emails of the participants for privacy reasons and cannot, cannot use. So I need to create an email account. Another step. And then comes the discussion. Okay, but how do we create the email account? I think I cannot create more Gmail accounts because I created so many accounts in a, uh, but so there is always, you know, it's okay. Another step. Um, and keeping track, of course, it's another thing, another link, another for your key book. Uh, so do I need to create, uh, email accounts? Let me think. And then. Uh, another uh, point is, do I get access to real-time data or real-time access to data better? Um, because if I want to do what's called just-in-time interventions or just give a, a quick feedback of, uh, yeah, you just reach your goal. I need to have real-time data. Do I need or not? In other studies, you don't. You just need at the end. But just mentioning that this is another uh, consideration. Um, then, of course, I, the obvious price. What's the budget? <laughs> course everyone wants the cheapest uh, but cheapest but quality reliable so uh, for the research team that's definitely a concern and finally i would say most likely i'm forgetting things but i would say um technical support or just support if how easy is, is it a company that if there is something wrong with sensors i need to send back will i ever hear something from them if I'm in a, com a complaint or even this is okay talking in big companies as a not disadvantage but can be a concern but also maybe nice for for smaller uh, players let's say if I need a customization I need something specific from this sensor can I get it are they open for it I think if one of us goes to Fitbit and asks for something specific um, the chances are very, uh, very low. But if we go to, to maybe uh, a smaller, I say, oh, this is very interesting. We are in, but we actually needed the sensor in another location. Would you be, uh, instead of the tight, we need a sensor on the, on the wrist. Uh, can you think with us about a solution for it? That is definitely a plus for these type of projects. Yeah. So a lot of things. How, how do you say like you have been you have been do, doing these projects and you mentioned that maybe you need to create new burner emails, you need to install the apps, you need to transfer the data and, and a lot of things. How, how, how much do you see allocating time for the, just the management of physical activity measurement? Can you give, it's, it's probably difficult to give, but some kind of rule of thumb, like how many persons you need for for 100 participants or, or something, if you can give just some kind of idea, you know, people who haven't done it probably underestimated by fivefold, I would guess. Yeah, I, I don't dare to say to say a number, but it's a lot and it's the unseen work. And let's be honest, very often made by the or the student uh, researchers or the we have been there. Of course, I've done that. Every, all of us have done that. It's I don't dare to say a number, but it's really, it's something, especially when you are making your planning that you don't consider and then you regret it. And then you, 
you go back and uh, and you think I should have considered time for this because and it's not just create an account. We know uh, at least it happens with me. How often do you log out magically of applications? So, but if then and uh, again maybe talking uh, I work more in the in the older adults or um, clinical population, some with cognitive uh, impairments. They will call if if the app logs out to know the password because they don't have the password or they don't know where the password is. So, or they don't know how to log in in an app can also be. So it's not just the create of of the accounts and installing the apps, but also the the technical the support not technical the support during the the study, and it it really depends. It can be that things go very easily. And can be that that it's not uh, it's not so. And th- now I just thought about other thing that I I haven't um, considered uh, still about the the participant. Do do you do I need to have always internet access? Mm. Many houses don't don't have it. So do I need constant or, for example, if then I go on vacations and now I'm talking particularly about these uh, large uh, or longitudinal studies and for six months and then I go to another country. Or even, for example, I was living in the Netherlands in a border region. If then I go to the other side of the border and, okay, now we uh, EU roaming, um, it's, much, uh, it's much easier, obviously, uh, but... And it's a few years ago that was not the case. So then you would lose the data if you would need a constant internet uh, connection. Yeah. No, I, I think very good points. And I think, for example, the amount of support is important. And, and you know, when, when somebody's calling that uh, this doesn't work, and then you need to start explaining how to use a phone or how to use a computer from the very, yeah. very beginning. So there might be an advantage to have a plank device that doesn't have any any interface then it's basically just attaching or wearing the device and there's there's nothing that can go wrong or the participant can call about and and also i think it's good to think like when you scale things like if you have for example 100 devices which is not not even much for this kind of project that if they come in a package you open the package you take the devices you you un unwind the USB cable. You plug it in. You put it in, and and start charging. And then you do it hundred times. Where do you put it? How, how many of us have in the office like hundred USB ports? And and then you think they are all there. Then you need to start connecting one by one to an app. And there's all the Bluetooth connection. You cannot do it in the same room. So you need to get ninety of them outside and do ten. Then bring the next 10 and connect. And then you give it to participants. You get them back. You start to click and get the data to somewhere. And you think of this and it's it's crazy how long it takes time. And I, I, I've been also there and I've, I have seen my friend who had like his, his home was full, like living room, his, his bedroom was full of devices every day because he was like charging and then giving to participants. So I think this, this uh, consideration that you should get maybe 10 devices and really measure the time, how yep. long time it takes to take them and maybe put it in an envelope and, and just see and then multiply it that you get an idea that how much you need to allocate time, how much you need to allocate resources. So I think I think really, really good points about the 
the preparation. Your description just uh, of, of the old situation, the old scene, just uh, I thought, hmm, this could be a good sitcom. Why is Nora the sketch for <laughs> for stu for uh, research in physical activity and uh, how to go with the sensors? Yeah. So the, then the last point was the regulatory yeah. considerations. Yeah, this is a big one, and I'm by far not an expert on this, but it, it's always questions that that always come. Uh, where is the data stored? And now going again, so if if you don't need an app, if you have direct access to the data, is a very easy question to answer because you know you as partner as a partner in the project and where the data is stored. But if that's not the case, if the data is uh, is sent to the servers of company, let's say of the the, the manufacturer, then where is the data stored? And in uh, is it in Europe? Is it in European space? Is outside of Europe? Uh, there are a lot of regulations. It's getting more and more strict, so data needs to be stored in Europe. Uh, but this is always one of uh, the the considerations. Where is the data stored? Uh, and then, of course, because you know, in Europe you have the GDPR, uh, and it has, of course, always to be uh, to be uh, compliant with uh, with GDPR. But we also saw sometimes that even it's okay with GDPR. What's already a uh, a point, but there are national regulations. For some reason, there is uh, some concern. That is, uh, I think, at this moment, at least in the last projects I participated, the biggest question: where is the data stored? And if the data is stored in Europe, it must be. And you can say exactly where is the data stored. That is the biggest point, and that is uh, that's. That's it, I would say, for the regulations. And just talking about data regulations, of course, I'm not going to the ethical, to the research protocols, to ethical approvals. Although it's a good point, because you need to ask for, if you have studied in multi, multiple countries, what's always the case, you need to ask for ethical approval in different countries. What can also have different, uh, um, they have a common base, but can also have specific questions so yeah and I, I think the ethical approvals it it might be huge differences between countries like in in some countries if you do qualitative interviews and there's not really sensitive data you are not talking about mental health or, mm -hmm. or anything sensitive it's just, just something pretty pretty casual you don't need ethical approval at all i think yep. in some eu countries and in some countries it goes the full process like everything so it's it, it, it's a big differences and i think we need to be ethical but i think it's overkill in some some countries that you cannot cannot do anything without full approval and also i i think about the data location you said that it needs to be stored in europe i have also met that in some for example in clinical cases they are preferring that it should be stored in their country and and then it, then if you if, if you have a multinational project the eu project and everybody wants that it's in their country that that gets pretty pretty complicated i, I would even add that not even their country but in their hospital i also encounter so it's just more 
specific and uh, and then of course data needs to be uh, because the point is when you collect data in multiple countries and at some point you want to combine the data of course uh, uh, but then of course go through all anonymization process and um, so yes definitely it's uh, yeah. it's it's very a very good point so it it might be might be difficult but also like of course, physical activity data can be somewhat sensitive, but it's much less than, than most of the data. Like it's, it, it doesn't reveal if you measure one week of someone's physical activity, it shouldn't be super sensitive. Yeah, but that is, you know, this, this is always a big discussion. It also depends. Uh, it's not sensitive for whom and for who does that and what are you measuring? Because if you are measuring, if you are setting if someone is sleeping or not and you provide that information, then I don't know, I'm just thinking I worked in a project that was for um, to promote um, uh, sustainable workability so that people could mm -hmm. stay working for as long as possible just for office workers so nothing very specific. But then there was a question we were monitoring physical activity, sleep, and do I want my employee to know at what time I go to sleep and how many hours I sleep? You know, so it's in principle is not sensitive, but it depends to which hands that data come. I agree. I, I agree that in in principle is is not, but it, it depends. So so if we go a little bit back into choose choosing an activity tracker and, and usually it's a multidisciplinary yeah. team, how how does the discussion usually go? There's researchers, there's clinicians, there's engineers. Are some of the groups pulling it usually to some direction and, and how, how do you see do you do you see some kind of classic dynamics in the in the discussions? Definitely. Uh, you definitely have or the clinician, the healthcare side, and the technical side. And, uh, of course, for the technical part of the team, the force, so let's say the, the pulling force is integration, how easy it is to integrate with, uh, with, with my platform. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about what is the accuracy of the data uh, in terms of... Um, not accurate, but reliability. How many problems will I encounter? Is uh, but especially, I, I would say, if I choose one, the integration. How mm. can we integrate with the platform? This is always the the point number one. And then for the the clinicians is is uh, or the the healthcare part is much more also concerned about the user, the let me, uh, what are the metrics that I get? Do I get the metrics that I need then to perform my, um, to answer my research questions? Let's say if you have a research question, it can be something else, but uh, what are the metrics? Uh, let me think. Um, how easy, because you have to also, or you can also think that the research, the, the clinical team is the one that will interact with the with the participant most likely. So they are the ones that will need to create the accounts or that will install the apps on the phone. So all these considerations go much more for the um, we call the user organization. Normally can be clinical, can be social. Let's say it could also be do a study in a, uh, a community center. So it's not per se uh, clinical. Um, so the 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 end user organization are. Uh, uh, is the one that has the concerns 
of the mm. end user also in mind. And what I, I normally uh, end up doing is a matrix with, okay, these are the criteria. Uh, these are different options for devices. Also, of course, based on the budget that is available, because if you have a higher budget, you can go to certain devices, others uh, not. And then just, you know, just the table, just matrix, just crossing, okay. And then you need to make a decision. And there are always pros and cons. Obviously, that's the only way you have to show people, look, there is not perfect or it's very difficult to have a perfect solution. Yeah, and, and usually in the budget, you have this certain amount of money allocated for the devices. And then yeah. you have certain amount of resources that you need to manage the project and do all this work. What would be your advice when you are doing the budget that, you know, if you, if you have a very easy to use device, you don't need to allocate as much money for the doing the burner emails and, and all, all that things. And, mm-hmm. and how, how do you see, do, do people make some classic mistakes in the budget? And then when they are actually implementing the budget, they, they are like, ah, this, this should be a different way. Yeah, I think the first first basic mistake that I've seen all the time is uh, that people don't consider the costs of the the device because they don't know. And okay, the 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 process of writing one of these uh, these proposals is very often it's chaotic, and you don't go to such detail. You are much more folk, much more important. Uh, it's much more important the overall uh, idea, uh, the impact. Impact is very, how do you show that your idea has an impact for the society, for science? Uh, it's things that are very, um, the excellence of your study. So when you get to the part of the budget, things happen fast and you just think, oh yeah, this makes sense. That's mm. normally, if you don't have someone that, Okay, as experienced or as experienced this uh, this issue with with devices, and it's not just for monitoring of physical activity, because as I said, most of the times you have different devices, different you want to monitor different things. I know if you have a project with smart homes, you you have different uh, devices. People don't think about it, and even worse, I even there are even projects that people don't think about at all the budget for devices, and then you get approved. It's like. Oh, who will pay for this? The clinical team says uh, the technical team needs to pay because it's a device. So it needs to be the technical team. The technical team says, no, you want the device, so you have to pay. So I think those are really the the big mistakes, uh, not even considering uh, the budget. And then the budget can, you can bring budget from other sources, from personnel, from costs, from uh, traveling costs. You can uh, you can use that budget, um, but should consider. And especially if you have, I don't know, studies where uh, it's 700, 1,000 participants, mm. budget is a thing. Yeah, and, and how, how is it if you haven't allocated for the devices, can you reallocate it yeah. from some other category, is there any complications there? How how complicated is it to do? No, you can, you can, and it's even get, uh, from what I understood with the new, um, new program, it can be even easier, let's say, um, but I'm also not so, uh, I'm still not so experienced with that, but in any case, you could uh, transfer money. I don't know, you have uh, always budget for, uh, for traveling, for, uh, for the project meetings or for conferences, for uh, for events, 
and you could transfer a budget from there. Of course, it has to be informed. Uh, it has to be justifiable. You cannot just uh, then uh, do, uh, I don't know, buy other types of devices that are not important for your, uh, for your project. Uh, but it's, it's possible. But still, it, it brings a lot of headaches. Uh, so for I can give you an example of a project where this was the case, was not considered, and the idea, I, I don't know out of my head now, but was to monitor uh, physical activity, let's say, uh, for uh, one year. Um, but there was no budget to buy uh, devices for everyone for one year. So what was decided is, okay, then let's buy less devices, or 1,000. Let's buy uh, uh, 200 devices. And then a participant just measures physical activity, and you rotate you rotate the devices per participant. But that was not the intention, you know. When you started creating your uh, your proposal, and uh, you need to adapt, then then you cannot do anything. If there is no budget, there is no budget. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show, it would be great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.